Game Design Lab, when you save a quote or reach out with questions, you'll receive a free 5% print overrun with your order. That's printninja.com slash design lab. Now, just on a quick personal note, Print Ninja actually sent me their board game sample pack, and I got to be honest, it was pretty awesome. The quality was great. The miniatures, the cards, the boards, everything about it was just super high quality, super top notch. And so Print Ninja might be a good option for you if you're looking into uh, publishing your own game. I know they do a lot of stuff for you. And so if you're getting started and you're not entirely sure as far as, you know, all the shipping and all the craziness that goes into the business side of things, they might be a really good company to check out. And so head on over to their website and see if it's right for you. Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com. Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab podcast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Each week, we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab today. Well, today's just me talking about why game design matters, why game design is important, why it is such a big deal to bring games into the world. And, you know, this is something uh, I talk about a lot, um, strangely enough, uh, when people find out that I'm into games, uh, especially into game design, I run a podcast, things like that. A lot of times the conversation in one way or another turns into them asking, well, why does that matter? You know, why, you know, tell me about these new modern, you know, hobby games. You know, why, why, why should I play those instead of Monopoly and Scrabble and all these games that I grew up on? Why does it matter? Why, why have you devoted so much time to designing games and, and spending so many hours uh, making prototypes and, and creating new things? And especially when you throw a lot of stuff away, you know, as with any other art form, you're, you're going to end up tossing a bunch of stuff into the trash. And so why does this stuff matter. And I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about that today, uh, along with some uh, other cool things that are going on right now and in the near future for the Board Game Design Lab. This is kind of a state of the union, so to speak, for for the lab. And I'm excited to tell you about some really cool things that I've got in the works. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to where we're all headed. But I was thinking about this recently. I've got this project up on, on Kickstarter It's all about game design. I'll tell you a little more about that in just a a little bit. But it got me to thinking, okay, why? Why do this? Why spend so many hours? Uh, I've had several people email me, you know, in the past year or so, and they've kind of had a a similar feeling of uh, almost feeling guilty about how much time they devote to designing games. And that's time that they could be spending with their family or doing anything else. Uh, and, And a lot of people, they wrestle with, should I be doing something more important? Should I be doing something that makes a bigger difference or whatever phrase you want to put in there? They struggle with that. And this is something I have definitely wrestled with over the last 10 years or so of at first, you know, designing games for fun and just as a hobby and, and something to get my mind off of all the other stuff I had going on. And then it kind of slowly became more and more of a real thing, more and more of a going towards trying to make some money off of it and, and, not necessarily become a professional game designer, but just something I took a lot more seriously. And it's something I I really had to fight as far as how much time I was, I was devoting to it, especially because for 10 years, I've been basically on the front lines of, of helping people. I've spent a lot of time in Atlanta 
working with the homeless, trying to help people get off the street, trying to help people get into rehab, trying to help people get their families back together, working with different ministries and churches and organizations that do those things on a daily basis. And I, I led, man, I've led 150 or so mission trips in the last 10 years, you know, different parts of the world, uh, but mostly in the States, mostly working with the homeless. And when you do that kind of work day in and day out, it's really easy to start looking at things that aren't that and having a kind of a negative perception of it. Uh, even basic things, even you know, going on vacation and things like that, you start thinking, oh man, if I go on vacation for this week, that's a week of not you know, being on the streets and, and helping people and doing that. And so it's it really easy to uh, just get um, d- devoured by that lifestyle and for that to become your entire life. And I didn't take a vacation for several years. My mental health suffered a great deal because of it. My relationships suffered. I destroyed a lot of things in my life under the pretense of, yeah, but I'm helping a lot of people. Hey, this is important. This matters. You know, trying to get people to have a better life and off the streets and out of drugs and things like that. And so, especially then, it was very difficult to justify spending so many hours a week, month, whatever, on games. Something that's, oh, that's, that's it's just something for fun, right? Who, who cares? Why does it matter? It's not nearly as important as these other things. At least that's what I would tell myself. It's what I would wrestle with. But the more... I got into games, the more I understood that it is important, the more I kind of understood the context around games, the more experiences that I had of games making an incredible difference in people's lives, the more I understood the absolute importance of games, of game design, of getting ideas to the table for other people to interact with and engage with and enjoy. And so I just want to share a couple of stories about ways that I know beyond all doubt that games are important. Game design is of the utmost importance, probably more important now considering the world that we're living in and just kind of the craziness, the chaos that's happening and and so much unknown and so many people really struggling and so many people stuck at home and, you know, you you know all the things that you've been dealing with that we've all been dealing with for this last uh, little while. And the first story actually comes from this this past summer where I got to spend several days with a very good friend of mine uh, a guy that's been just an incredible influence in my life, one of the most important people in my life, uh, in, in a lot of ways more important than my parents. Uh, don't tell my parents that, but <laughs> you know, a guy that mentored me, that showed me a lot about life and leadership, marriage and raising kids and how to be a good employee, how to be a good leader, how to, all these different things, that, you know, how to invest, how to take care of your money, how to all sorts of stuff. Just an incredible influencer in my life. And for the last six years, he's been struggling with cancer. He got diagnosed, yeah, I guess it was a little over six years ago and has just gone through every surgery and every treatment and all the chemo and all the stuff, all the clinical trials that, that, that you can imagine. And nothing has really helped. Uh, some things I guess helped him a little bit here and there, but it's just been a, a slow decline for the last six years. And a lot of pain, a lot of, you know, a lot of surgeries, a lot of being cut on and cut open and a lot of poison going through his body. And uh, it's just been really tough, and especially I, I've been living in Honduras the entire time. And it's been very difficult not to be able to just be around and, and just hang out. And so uh, because of the pandemic, strangely enough, and because I wasn't working as much as I normally do this summer, I got to spend a little less than a week at his house. And it was just so good just to spend time together and tell stories and, and talk about life and, and laugh and talk about all the things he's been going through and dealing with and, and new perspectives on life and all sorts of stuff. 
And he's in an interesting place because about, I guess, seven months ago or so, the doctor gave him six months to live. So he's actually uh, overstayed his his diagnosis uh, a little bit. And he, he's I think he'll be around a little while longer, at least. Um, he, he's, he's in a tough spot, but he's he's not on death's door yet, which, which is great. I've been talking to him back and forth, texting and whatnot recently. And just he's still in good spirits, but his, his body is definitely failing him. But I was at his house and we were hanging out. And he, at one point he said, Gabe, you know, you, you like board games. Have you ever played a game called Ticket to Ride? And I chuckled and I said, yeah, man, I've, I've heard of that one. I played it a couple of times. And he proceeded to tell me how much he had just fallen in love with Ticket to Ride. And someone had introduced it to him maybe six weeks prior to this conversation. And he had just gone head over heels for it and just loved playing it, had played it dozens and dozens of times at this point, was introducing it to everybody he, he could talk to about it, everybody in his family and extended family that would come over to visit and you know bring food over or whatever. He'd say, hey, you want, let me show you this game and let's play it. And it takes 45 minutes. And and he was just in love with it and just talking about the strategies and all the different ideas. And we got to talking about the different versions and different maps. And it was just a really cool thing to talk about this, this game. And the next day, my friend's brother came over to the house and the three of us, we sat down and we played Ticket to Ride. And what was great about that experience is that for about an hour, we did not talk about cancer. And we did not think about cancer. And my friend got to spend an hour not worrying about cancer. He didn't have to think about all the baggage that goes along with, you know, I'm about to die soon. He didn't think about the money and wondering if, if you know, do I, am I leaving enough finances for my family to be okay when I'm gone? He didn't think about his son, you know, graduating college here soon and not being able to be there. Um, his daughter, at some point getting married and him not being able to walk her down the aisle. He didn't have to think about any of those things. The millions of things that, that goes through your mind, I imagine, when you realize you're at the end of your life. He didn't have to think about those things. All he had to think about was getting a train route from one side of the map to the other. And how was he going to accomplish the goals on these cards? And how was he going to play this card? And I'll, I'll wait and play that one maybe next turn. And hopefully I can pick up that card. And, and maybe it'll still be there next round. And, oh, where, where are they going? Mm, should I cut them off? Should I try this or that? That's what he was thinking about for that hour. And then even after the game, we sat and we talked about the game for about 30 more minutes about what happened and what could have happened. And, oh, you cut me off here. And, oh, if I could have just gotten this color card at that point, I could have done this and the game would have been a little different and maybe the points would have been different. And so about an hour and a half that my friend didn't have to think about all the things that occupy a lot of his day. And that's why games matter. And at some point, I hope to cross paths with Alan Moon, who created Ticket to Ride, and I want to just shake his hand. And I want to tell him, thank you. Thank you for designing a game, creating a game that helped a very good friend of mine have just a little bit better last few days of his life. Gave him a distraction, gave him something to think about other than cancer and all the things that go along with it. And that's why designing great games is important. That's why I want to help as many people come into not only the hobby of, of gaming and playing games, but the hobby of designing games and getting games out of your head and onto a table and, and turned into prototypes and turned into published things that show up on shelves that eventually show up on tables. Maybe a table of somebody who's dealing with the worst situation of their life. And this game gives them just a little bit of peace, 
little bit of an opportunity to think about something else, to have a little fun, to laugh, to spend some time with people you care about, people you love. That's why games matter. And it's when I realized this, that all of a sudden, spending a whole bunch of hours a week, hours a month, hours a year, it made more sense. It, it wasn't a big deal. It was actually, no, this, this is important. The world needs these kinds of things. And it can be hard because you have to make sacrifices. And, you know, saying yes to one thing means you're saying no to everything else. So if you say yes to game design time, you're saying no to literally every other opportunity in front of you. That can be difficult. But I want to encourage you because I know a lot of people listening to this you struggle the same way I have struggled. You are wrestling with it the same way that I have wrestled with it. And I want you to know, I just want to encourage you. I want to tell you, game design matters. It's important. Games have a very high place in the world. And they have an opportunity to really impact people in some amazing ways. Uh, I want to play for you a story that I submitted to the Dice Tower podcast a few years ago at this point. And it was just this amazing experience I had uh, downtown Atlanta serving lunch at a soup kitchen. And this was a situation where things didn't quite go as planned. And uh, things, uh, we had some obstacles that popped up and uh, we had to kind of pivot and, and think on our feet and do things on the fly. And games, board games, came to the rescue. And so I want to play that for you real quick. It doesn't take long, it's just maybe four minutes or so, five minutes. And uh, you get to hear Eric Summers' sweet, silky voice uh, read the story that I submitted. And uh, yeah, I'm just play that right now, and I'll come back in on the other side. We often play tales that make people angry. If you get angry at this next tale, then you have no soul. Exactly. Tales of Amazement. During the summer, I lead mission trips for high school students to serve the homeless in Atlanta. One of my favorite things we do is cook up a big helping of pancakes and sit down at one of the local soup kitchens and eat with people. we found that more often than not, people are hungrier for conversation and interaction than they are for food, and it's amazing to sit and listen to the stories they have to tell. One hot summer day, we headed downtown with enough supplies to feed around 100 people. We had never fed that many before, but we always took more than we figured we needed. However, when we arrived at the soup kitchen, the parking lot was already packed with people. I don't know why that particular day was any different from all the other days, but I knew we would be cutting it close on having enough food. We headed inside, and the students started cooking and setting up. After about 30 minutes, we opened the doors for the people outside to come in. The parking lot had swelled with even more people, but the good news was that we still hadn't quite reached 100 people. Just in case, I sent a volunteer out to buy more pancake mix and supplies. The students started flying around. They were serving coffee, passing out plates of pancakes, and, more importantly, sitting down and talking with people. As time went by, more and more people were coming in to eat. We handed out the last stack of pancakes as a wave of 15 more people walked in. This was not good. I called the volunteer who had left 20 minutes ago. No answer. I walked up to the front of the room and got everyone's attention. I thanked them all for being there and explained the situation. I assured them that more food was on the way and we would be serving again shortly. A collective groan went through the room. 
Though the people there were homeless, many of them had jobs to get to or places to be. They came expecting to eat breakfast, and now there was none. I understood their frustration. I remembered when I had lived on the streets in downtown Atlanta. I thought about the times soup kitchens opened later than they said or didn't open at all. I remembered standing in a parking lot for hours to only be let down and have to find food somewhere else. My heart sunk. But then my phone rang. It was the volunteer. He had gotten lost but had found the grocery store and would be back in just a few minutes. That was good news, but we would still need time to cook. I needed something to help pass the time. One of the men who helps run the soup kitchen walked up, and I asked if he had any ideas. He brought out a big cardboard box and said, These were donated a few days ago. I opened the box to find board games. Jenga, Connect Four, Battleship, and the like. I looked at the guy with a puzzled look. You think this'll work? I asked. It's worth a shot, he said. I went back to the front of the room with the box. I got the people's attention once more and asked if anyone wanted to play a board game. There was a long, silent pause while they looked at me like I was a little bit crazy. But then, a man in the back of the room raised his hand. He said, I bet there isn't a person in this room that can beat me at Battleship. A woman across the room chimed in, Bring it on, chump! She walked up to me and took the game. A table of people next to me asked for a box of Jenga, and a young man walked up to get Connect Four. Slowly but surely, the box of games emptied, and the room was filled with games, laughter, trash talk, and the unique sound of Jenga blocks crashing to the table. A little while later, we started serving pancakes again, and everyone that walked in the door was fed. But then something strange happened. No one got up to leave. Normally, people eat, hang out, and talk for a little while, and then leave. But on that day, folks just kept playing games long after they were done eating. They were simple mass-market games, but they had tapped into something that had been missing from the lives of the people in that room. Ever since that day, every time we go to that soup kitchen to serve pancakes, we make sure to have plenty of games with us. And I have to say, there are few better sights in this world than seeing people sharing a meal and playing a game together. It might just be pancakes and Jenga, but there is something special about getting people to the table. It takes people from all walks of life and shows them we're really not that different. All anyone really wants is someone to eat with and share stories with, someone to talk to and share life with, someone to make them not feel invisible. I'm not going to sit here and say that board games can solve homelessness or anything, but maybe they tap into the thing that does. Huzzah! That's right. Say something bad about that one. No. No arguments about that one. I wish I was there to see this. It's cool. It's a great idea. It is cool. So again, games matter. They tap into maybe the thing that matters the most in, in building relationships and getting to know each other, getting to know people at the table, hearing their stories, experiencing stories with them, you know, having moments you can look back on and remember and laugh about and talk about long down the road after the fact. And so I don't know about you, but I want to design games that, that have that impact, that have that kind of effect on people. That when someone is in a, a waiting room at the hospital, and this could potentially be one of the worst days, if not the worst day of their life, depending on 
why they're in that waiting room and who they're waiting on and what the outcome is going to be. And to design a game that people can pull out while they're in that waiting room and just give them a reprieve, 20 minutes of thinking about something else, whether it's something silly or goofy or whatever, but just give them kind of that moment of, of peace and joy, laughter, whatever the game brings out, cooperation. Or to design a game like Ticket to Ride that helps my friend have just a really nice hour here and there and a game he can share with friends and family and talk about and laugh about and remember stories about. And he sent me a text <laughs> a couple of days ago talking about this thing about Ticket to Ride. And he's trying to pimp out his game. He's trying to deluxify it and get all the really cool trains and really nice bags. And it's just, it's just cool to have, you know, be able to have conversations with him that aren't, Hey, how are you feeling today? And you know, how's the, how's the chemo affecting you? And, uh, you know, I, I know your hip's been hurting you and how's walking going and we're not talking about any of that stuff. We're talking about a game, but it turns out it's it's a lot more than that. So just to say it again, games matter. Game design is important. And so hopefully you see that. Hopefully you understand that. If you're listening to this podcast, I have a feeling you're at least traveling down that road. Even if you haven't gotten there yet, you might still be wrestling and struggling with this idea of how many how much time you're putting into it. But it matters. And because it matters, right now I am working towards basically increasing my involvement, increasing my role with the Board Game Design Lab, devoting more time to it. I'm still living in Honduras, uh, working with the school in a small capacity, but I'm not teaching this year. I put in my, my notice at, at the end of last uh, school year that I wasn't going to be teaching this coming up year. And as it turns out, that's uh, not, a, not a bad thing. Uh, the school has had to lay off quite a few teachers because the, the numbers are so far down with enrollment. And it's just, it's just a really tough situation for schools, no matter where you are. But um, especially especially here, and so I'm going to be taking a, a lesser role, and that actually worked out pretty well uh, for the school, and uh, it's going to work out well for me, and it's going to give me more op- more hours during the week, more time to spend on the board game design lab. And so, what does that mean? Well, right now I'm working on completely redoing the website. Right now, the website is all about the podcast. If you land on that page from Google, and it's been cool, I've been on the first first page of Google for a while for board game design. And a lot of people get there and they go, oh, I don't know. This is, oh, it's a podcast. I'm not looking for a podcast. And then they go somewhere else. And so right now I'm working on completely just revamping the website. So the podcast is part of it, but there's also a lot more stuff going on. Lots of articles and just tons of information, making the website easier to navigate and easier to find what you're looking for. If you're, you're there to find resources on publishing or design theory or marketing or getting started or art, graphic design, whatever it is, that you can find that stuff much easier. It's not as difficult. You don't have to have as many clicks to get to the resources that you need. Also working on quite a few online courses, different things to help take your game designing to the next level, whether it's through prototyping or Kickstarter or whatever it is, just working on things and creating some partnerships with other people as well to just offer as much valuable, helpful content on the website as possible and the podcast. And so I'm just really excited about that. My artist friend, Jorge, who's doing the art for my Hunted games. Now that Hunted art is finished and all those illustrations are done, I've asked him to work on the website. And so he's creating these really cool illustrations for the site. I think it's going to look really, really good. And yeah, I'm just pumped to get that out there. Hopefully by the end of this month, end of August, maybe early September, having that all ready to go and, and rolled out and launched and yeah, I'll, I'll definitely send you an email and come come check it out. Come to the open house, the open website house, or whatever you want to say. And so be on the lookout for that. And then working on lots of other 
projects, you know, things coming later in, in this year and, and going into 2021 and working with some partnerships, like lots of cool, cool stuff. Things that I don't want to tell you about right now because, you know, things are still subject to change and all that. And I don't want to say things and then they change or whatever, but really fun stuff, really cool things. I think you're going to like one of those things actually is on, on Kickstarter right now, the uh, board game design starter kit, something I've been working on for a while. I, I reached out to a lot of game designers, you know, friends that have been on the show and things like that. And just started the conversation. Hey, what do you wish you had in a game design kit? Like whenever you first started designing or early on when you were just getting going, what stuff would you put in a box that would help you in prototyping, in creating games so you wouldn't have to go and steal all the cubes out of other games on your shelf or, or go out and, and try to figure out, okay, I need a whole bunch of dice. I've only got three dice. And so where do I find the other 10 dice that I need? Or I need, you know, these custom pieces. I need some blank cards. I need a blank board, whatever it is. And just started talking to them about what they wish they had had and talked to people in the board game design lab community and asked them and uh, just from my own experience as well and thinking through, all right, what would be really cool to have? And so piece by piece started putting together this game design starter kit. And it's just a box full of fun waiting to happen. It's one of those things that you could just hand somebody and say, hey, this is pretty much everything you need to get going with game design. Whether someone has been designing games for 15 minutes and they're just starting out and they don't have really anything uh, to help them other than maybe some note cards and some pencils. This is really super helpful for them or someone who's been doing it for a while and just wants to have more stuff. You can never have too many cubes, never have too many dice. And there's lots of really cool custom wooden pieces in, in this thing as well. And it also makes a wonderful gift for a kid. My daughter, Maria, she loves designing games. Anytime I'm sitting at the dining room table, you know, cutting out cards or whatever I'm doing, putting a game together, she nine times out of 10 will come up and start quote unquote borrowing my components, my dice and cubes and cards and whatnot. And she'll start making her own game. And she'll tell me all about it. She's making this racing game the other day. It's just, she built this like volcano and had all these things and you're kind of taking your little guy around the volcano and the first one to the top of the volcano wins. And it's just this fun little roll and move kind of game. And I cannot wait to hand her this, this starter kit, this big box full of fun and just say, Hey, this is yours. Go, go for it. And so I think it makes a wonderful gift for young people, for kids. If this is something you can work on together. I'm excited to you know, work on games with my daughter and say, Hey, this is these, all these components, these are yours and I'm here and, and let's design a game together. And okay, we've got these dice, we've got these tokens and meeples and things like that. And so, all right, what kind of game do you want to make out of this stuff? Okay, that's cool. Oh, what if we did this? What if we did that? And so now it's not just her being able to use her imagination and get better at being creative and using, using art and you know, problem solving is one of the most important things a kid can learn, which well, I love game design for, for kids because it, it naturally juices them up and gets them solving problems. And that's, I mean, that's all life is, is a series of problems you have to figure out. And so really excited to just have an opportunity to, to work on this stuff with her. And so if that's something you're looking for with your kid, I think it's a wonderful gift for, for them and something you can do together. Or uh, if, you, if you homeschool your kids or you know people who, who homeschool, I think this is another wonderful activity where you can just say, hey, you know, an hour a week, we're going to work on games and we're just going to have fun. And here's a box full of stuff and just go go for it and have have at it and whatever games you come up with and then tell me about it and we'll play it. And, and you can write write the rule book for your English lesson today. And then you have to use good grammar and you have to write in the second person. Or Like there's so many cool activities that aren't just creative that are also the normal, you know, well, you got to learn how to use periods correctly and commas correctly and math correctly and all that. And there's so many avenues you can take this thing with young people, with kids, whether you're homeschooling or just, you know, extracurricular and, and having fun. So I'm really excited about the, the game design starter kit. 
And so if that's something that sounds interesting to you, it's on Kickstarter right now. And so please go check it out. And if it looks like something that uh, you, you would find helpful or useful or your kid would, then uh, please consider backing the project. I'm uh, really excited to, to get it out to people. And then also the game design kit is going to be kind of the flagship product, so to speak, of, of me effectively going full-time into games. Uh, now, I don't expect this to be some massive million-dollar project or even, you know, if, if it cracks six figures, I will be just over the moon. But uh, this will be kind of the first step towards making this more of my full-time job, full-time living, and got some more projects, you know, in the works as well. So I'm not just counting on, on this this one thing, especially considering the state of the world and the state of, you know, people's economic situations. But uh, this will definitely be the kind of the first thing uh, of traveling down that road. And it's just something I've been thinking about as far as money and, and mixing your hobby and turning it into a job and like all the pitfalls that go along with that. But when it comes to money, I think Walt Disney said this, and it's, I don't do this to make money. I make money so that I can do this. And the money really just perpetuates being able to do this and do this long-term and, and do this on a high level and do this with quality and, and do a lot of quantity, a lot of cool stuff as well. And so for all the people out there in the Board Game Design Lab community who have supported the show in some way, whether it's buying my books or backing projects on, on Kickstarter or, or backing the show on Patreon, please, please know how much I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate all of you <laughs> for sure. If you've never giving me a dime. I, I, I love you. I appreciate you. I'm really glad you listen. Really glad you're part of the Facebook community or you're on the email list, whatever it is. Really can't thank you enough. But for all the folks that, that have opened up their wallet and say, hey, here's a dollar, here's 20 bucks, here's a hundred bucks, whatever it is, please understand how much I appreciate you. You are the reason that I can do this, that I'm able to create fun projects and, and put resources and information and uh, more podcasts and more cool stuff out into the world to help people like you and help the new designers coming up that are just getting their feet wet. They're just starting to try to figure out, okay, what is a game exactly? All I've ever done is play Monopoly. And then the other day I played this game that I'd never heard of and it kind of blew me away. And now I'm deep into the hobby and I've got a big Calyx shelf and it's filling up with games. And I think I want to design one. I have no idea what I'm doing. Help me. And so I really love when those people show up in the Facebook community and send me emails and say, hey, I, I just fell into this 15 minutes ago. I'm super excited. No clue what I'm doing. Can you help me out? I love creating resources and, and podcast for those kind of folks and helping them down the design road on, on their journey. And for everybody that's been listening from the beginning, I mean, we've been doing this almost four years at this point, which is crazy. It's absolutely crazy coming up on almost the 200th episode here soon. And uh, thank you so much for who you are and, and for being part of this crazy ride, this journey. And I'm just excited to see where, where things go from here. And here pretty soon, I'm going to send out an email and I'll post a link in the Facebook community as well. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you want. Tell me about episode topics and guests and online courses or books or projects. I, I want to create the things that you want. There are so many things that I want that I think would be really, really cool, but I don't want to be in the minority on that. I don't want to be the only person out of the 6,000 people in the Facebook community that think that's a cool idea and then spend a whole bunch of time and effort and money and energy and then say, hey, here's this thing. And people are like, oh, that's cool, I guess. I don't want that. And so I want to make sure I'm doing things and creating things that y'all want. And so be on the lookout. I'll put out a, a, basically a Google form here soon. Just getting your feedback, your opinions, your ideas. Help, you know, help me make the show better. Help me make the community better. And we'll just kind of see where things go. Um, I'm looking at 2021 and, and thinking, hey, everything is on the chopping block, potentially. We, we can do things totally different. I don't mind 
cutting things out, adding things to, changing things up. And so really excited to get your feedback, get your ideas and opinions on where do we go from here? So we're coming up on the 200th episode. What do the next 200 look like? And trying to find ways just to improve this whole entire thing. So anyway, a little bit shorter episode today. I just want to give you a quick update about kind of the state of the board game design lab, where we are, cool things that are happening right now, and then where we're going here in the near future and maybe even the distant future and kind of figuring out what that looks like. So again, really appreciate you. Thank you so much for being part of this, for being part of this community, for helping me to continue to do fun projects and put some really cool things out into the world the Board Game Design Lab started with one goal in mind four years ago, and that was to help you design great games that people love. And I really feel like we're doing that, and I can't wait to see how we can do that even more and in even cooler, better ways down the road. So thanks for listening, and be sure to check out the Board Game Design Starter Kit on Kickstarter, and good luck with everything you got going on right now. Thanks for listening. Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com and find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at boardgamedesignlab.com. And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games. Did I mention keep playtesting?